But before I uh, start off this morning, I just I want to tell you a story. Okay? Uh, there was a remote village uh, in a poor country. And travel to and from the village was difficult due to the geography of its location. Because of this, they, they lacked many services that more accessible villages and towns had. And one of those things that they lacked was uh, a doctor. And so with no doctor to treat injured or sick villagers, or, or the sick, the villagers would die from things that were uh, very treatable. Uh, the hardest hit were children. Over half didn't survive past three years old. So the chief and the elders of the village got together to try and figure out a solution. And they came up with a plan that they presented to the people of the village, and everyone agreed that this, this was best. And so they went out and they selected a young person from the village who had the right temperament and desire, and as well as natural leanings towards medicine. Uh, every family in the village came together and they, they sacrificed and they gave. The village pooled their resources together and sent the young person to a university to learn how to become a doctor. Year after year, as the educational bills came in, the villagers would rally and somehow, uh, with personal sacrifice and going without, and uh, they were able to come up with the money and pay for it. The young person did, did well in school. They thrived, and if you know how long it takes to become a doctor, I mean, after 11 years of schooling and a residency, they earned their certification as a doctor. On the day they received their license to practice, the city hospital approached them and offered them a well-paying job. They wouldn't have to go back to that remote village with all of its struggles, its lack of resources, and no opportunities for growth or advancement. So, after taking some time to, to think it through and what they would do, they accepted the position, settled into a nice home, got married, had children, and enjoyed a good career as a doctor. Sometimes they thought of the village with appreciation and gratefulness for what they'd been given. Let me ask you this morning, how do you think the chief and the villagers would feel? Now, with this story in mind, as the backdrop, I want to read you one of Jesus' parables. And that parable is Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read verses 14 through 30. Jesus said this again. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. So the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained you two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has. Forever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken for them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In case you don't know, in this parable, in this story, the master is Jesus. The servants are his followers or his disciples. And the bags of gold represent the resources that God had given his disciples or his his followers. The the gifts, the talents, the empowerment, the positions, the etc. Now, We've taken quite a few months here, and we've learned about the incredible things that a life that we have when we have a life in Jesus Christ, right? We've, we've learned about the forgiveness and the reconciliation that we have with God. We've learned that we've, we're, we've received adoption into the family of God, that we're not actually strangers to God anymore, that we're part of God's family. We've learned that we can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. God isn't far away from us. He's, he's close by. And through that relationship with Jesus Christ, we can have healing. Spiritual healing. Emotional healing. Physical healing. We've learned that by the Holy Spirit, we've been equipped with gifts and talents, talents and resources. We've learned that also through the Holy Spirit we can have supernatural empowerment to do the things that we in our nature and our natural self we couldn't do or accomplish. We've also learned that we have this awesome freedom in Christ that we don't have to worry about our our sin and the, the bad stuff that we do, but in that relationship with Christ we're free to live for Him and not necessarily worry and focus on all the rules and regulations. So all of this from... From Jesus' parable, we learn that God has an expectation. That expectation is this. That we have a responsibility to use what God has given us 
for God's purposes. That's God's expectation. And I want to show you a few scriptures. There's so many. When you understand this, that God has an expectation of me, that all that he has given me, all, everything that he's done in my life, that it carries an expectation that we would use it for his purposes. When you start to read the New Testament, that understanding, uh, everything clicks. Let's look at John chapter 9, verse 4. Uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says this, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Coming when no one can work. So there's an expectation, hey, while, we have, uh, the, while the light is here, we need to do the works because there's a time coming where we won't be able to work. Now there are some who say, hey, that was, uh, Jesus was referring to only when Jesus was here. The light has come, he was here, we need to do the works of Jesus while he's here. And that would be true. Some would say that re- represents the individual while they're alive. They need to do the works while they're here until they they go to sleep and are no longer on this earth, that would be true as well. Some would say that, hey, we need to be working collectively uh, to do the works of Him who sent us until He returns, and then there's judgment day comes and there's no more opportunity. That, too, would be true. I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures of why. Because in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said this, Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus said, hey, these works aren't going to stop once I leave and go to the Father. Not only are they not going to stop, you're actually going to do greater things than what's been going on. So clearly, Jesus wasn't referring to that we can only work while Jesus was here on earth. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter is encouraging his readers and he says this, <clears throat> Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So here, we can, we can understand that Jesus wasn't talking about just Jesus doing the works or just his 12 disciples doing the works because one of the 12 is saying, hey, you, my listeners and my readers, use your gifts to serve. So he's passing it down. What Jesus passed to the twelve, the twelve are passing down to theirs, and so on and so forth. But Peter says this, use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Uh, how many of you speak? In this place, I don't mean speak in front of up on a stage. All of us speak. We have the gift of voice, right? We have it's a gift we have. If you've ever lost your voice through laryngitis, or if you've met somebody who's who's had some sort of sickness or illness or injury and they can no longer speak, you begin to realize speaking is a gift, right? If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Peter's pointing out that we can use whatever gift, whatever resource, whatever strength, whatever talent, whatever position, we can use that 
for God's glory and for God's purposes. He's speaking to all of us. And then James ties these thoughts together as well. In James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, he says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by actions, is dead. So he's saying, hey, our faith requires action. Our faith requires using the resources that God has given us and using them for his purpose, a demonstration of our faith. So we see this thought process, and that's this, that... um, Sorry, I advanced to the wrong slide. That we have a responsibility to use what God has given us for God's purposes. There's this expectation. Unfortunately, for many, what happened to the young villager happens to us. We use the things that God has given us for our own benefit. for our own comfort, for our own advancement, for our own desires, for our own initiatives, so on and so forth. Why is this? Well, Jesus explains this in another parable. He explains it in the parable of the sower, and I won't take the time to read the entire parable this morning, but in Mark chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, he's explaining this parable to his disciples, and he says, Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. What is he saying here? He said, hey, the the word which is the seed is, is planted. It's planted in the soil and it sprouts into a plant. It has life, it has a stem, it has leaves, it has, all, it has roots, it has all of this. But it falls short of the expectations that it's going to bear fruit. No farmer plants seeds and doesn't want fruit and just wants pretty plants. Right? There's an expectation that comes with this. And he says the reason is this, that the cares and the worries and the desires for other things come in and choke out the plant, uses up all the resources of the plant so that it can't produce the fruit it needs to. You see, the investment of the villagers, the bags of gold given to the servants, the seeds sown in the soil, all carry the same idea. And the idea is this. That there's an expectation of gain. There's an expectation of use that comes with it. There's an expectation. The villagers expected with their sacrifice and their work that they would, they would reap a doctor. The bags of gold given to the servants, there was an expectation that, those, that wealth would be managed and the, the master's kingdom would grow. 
The expectation of the seed put in the soil is that the plant would grow and be healthy and produce fruit. So the, the kingdom of God comes with an expectation that the investment that God has done in you and me, the healings, the relationships, the gifts given, the, the, all that comes with it, the, the peace that God brings us, the promises He delivers us, all of these things, they're for you, but they come with an expectation. And the expectation is this, that you'll use those things for God's purposes. For God's gain. That you would live with such a life that I've been given much, I need to return back. And so I ask you today, where are you? If you're that young person that the villagers have invested so much into and you're back and been invested in too much, where's your thought process? Is your thought process, I'm going to take what I've got and I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm going to enjoy life here on earth or, or am I going to take what I've learned and grown and been given and I'm going to give it back for the benefit of God's kingdom? Where are you today? Let me say this. Until we are discovering, developing, and deploying or using the resources God has given us for His purposes, you will never experience the fulfillment of the Christian life that the Bible talks about. Many of us are running around this Christian life holding on to these promises and not experiencing them and we're wondering why. Like, why don't I experience the things the apostles didn't hear? Why don't I experience the promises that are being written here that Peter and Paul and James and John talk about? And we don't experience them because the things that God is doing in our life, we're holding on to. We're like the Dead Sea. If you don't know what the Dead Sea is, the Dead Sea is at the end stop for the Jordan River. The Jordan River goes from the Sea of Galilee, which is full of life and fish. And every time you see the, the disciples out fishing, they're on the Sea of Galilee. And the Jordan flows from the Sea of Galilee into the Dead Sea. And it's the Dead Sea because it has no outlet. The water goes right into the Dead Sea and stops and goes nowhere. And guess what? Nothing grows in the Dead Sea. It's an illustration for you and me. What God is doing in our life brings us life and brings us excitement and gives us all of these things, yet they're meant to be shared. They're meant to be used for God's kingdom. And when you're receiving what God has given you and using it for His kingdom, life is amazing. Fulfillment happens. Joy happens. All these things that God promised happens, but it doesn't happen until you're offering back to God the things He has given you. So where are you today? I present to you a response that the apostles had. It's a story in the book of Acts. Because sometimes we look at our lives and we say, I don't know what I have to give to the Lord. Our, our worries and the stresses of life are ever before us. And sometimes we can't see past that and we think we have to give something we don't have. But in Acts chapter 3, records the story of Peter and John who are on their way to the temple to pray. 
and they run into a beggar who's, who's lame, meaning he's crippled, he can't walk. They, they drop him there at the gate so he can beg for his food and his money and his resources. And as Peter and John walk by him, the man reaches out and says, hey, please, a little money, some help. You've witnessed these on the streets of New York or Boston or even here locally we see guys on the side of the road. And Peter says this, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now we focus on the in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, but I want you to focus on Peter's response. Peter knew what he didn't have, but he also knew what he had. And he said, listen, I don't have silver or gold. I can't take care of your financial needs. But I have the gift of healing. And I'm going to give that to you instead. Get up and walk. You see, none of us possesses everything. You're going to run into needs of people. You're going to run into needs of the church. You're going to run into needs all around you. And if you don't have it, don't feel obligated that you have to give something you don't have. But you should feel an expectation that what I do have, I'm going to share. That, you know, I, not, I might not be able to meet this person's financial needs, but I can meet their emotional needs. I can be a friend. I can use my voice. I can use my hands. I can use my intellect. I can use my time. I can use my gift of administration. I can use my gift of serving. I can use, I can use, I can use. And, it, and begin to look at what do I do have that I can use for God. Not what I, I don't have. So I challenge us today to have the attitude and the mindset of Peter and John who said, hey, I don't have what you're asking for, but what I do have I'll give you if you want it. And if you read the story on, the man looks at them expectingly to receive something. So obviously the man understood, hey, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have I give. And he, okay, what do you got? Now, come the end of summer, beginning of fall, we, we're going to be offering you some workshops to help you discover and to develop your gifts and your talents. But the church can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. Leaders can't do it for you. You have to commit in your heart to, de- to discover and develop uh, what God has given you and then make a commitment to God that, God, what I've discovered, you've given me, I'm going to use for you. That's, that's you. That's not, I can't do that for you. But we will help you discover and develop. And you can be keeping an eye out for that towards the end of summer, beginning of fall, that we're going to offer you some workshops so you can say, what are my spiritual gifts? What are my talents? How am I wired? What, how can I begin to put these things to work for God? I want to wrap this up today, Sean, if you want to come up. Because I think today is a day of response. God's invested so much into you and to me. And I know it's easy for us to be like the, the seed that was thrown amongst thorns. It wasn't done on purpose, but that's what happened. And there's all kinds of stuff around our lives that can work to choke the very life out of us. Yes, we've got Jesus in our hearts where 
man, we're, we're, at least we're alive, we're relatively healthy, but man, there's no fruit. There's no fulfillment. There's no, there's no excitement. There's no falling short of the expectations. And I think we need to respond to the Lord today by looking at our lives. And if you're aware of the resources that God has done and the things that he's given you and done in your life and you're not using them for his purposes and you've been using them for your own advancement, your own uh, purposes and excelling and all those kinds of things, then you need to repent for that. And say, Lord, I'm sorry, you gave me these things. And I've been using them for my own. I've used them to go get a well-paying job instead of working with the villagers. And only God can speak that to you. You just need to repent of that. We need to respond by examining our lives. What God, what have you given me today? Have you you've given me a voice? You've given me a job. You've given me this skill. You've given me this talent. You've given me some intellect. You've given me, you've given me something or some things. What have you given me? And be able to just ask God through the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. Because so often our lives can be so focused on the, the, the garbage around us, the thorns and the weeds and trying to figure out how to get rid of those that we, we don't really know what God has given us. And so begin to examine our lives and say, Lord, what have you given me? And as you do that, I challenge you, take nothing for granted. Oftentimes, the thing God has given us, we think, ah, God's given that to everybody, and it's not true. You're like, man, I didn't, God has given me that. And lastly, we need to respond to Jesus. Christ today by committing to put that work to work for his purposes. Now, God may not call you to quit your job and move to the other side of the world, although he might. But he will will ask you to use what he's given you for his purposes. When I say for his purposes, I don't mean just building up this church that you call home, although it includes that. It means, God, what are you doing in my life? What are you doing in the community around me? Open my eyes as as we sung in a song here. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you. Show me how to work like you. Show me how to use the things you've given me. And I need to tell you today, there's no one too young in this room and there's no one too old in this room to put what you have to work for the Lord. You're not past your prime. You're not too old. You're not too little. You're not too young. You're right where God wants you to be. He's put you in a neighborhood. He's put you in a workplace. He's put you in a school. He's put you in a church. He's put you... Right here in 2021, you weren't born in 1904, you weren't born in 1732, you weren't born in any of these years, you were born now, for right now. Put what God has given you to work for his purposes. So Sean's just gonna, Sean's just gonna pluck a little bit, and I encourage you, find a place at the altar, 
Uh, if you can't come to the altar, find, create a quiet space if you can near where you're at. And just say, Lord, what do you have? What do I have that I can offer back to you? And then when we've given a few minutes, we'll come back and we'll take communion together. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's spend some time with the Lord. first and foremost, Lord, we repent. Lord, you've done so much in our lives. You've 
you've forgiven, you've reconciled, you've healed, you've imparted, you've given, you've, you've just done so much, Lord. And Lord, for many of us, we've, we've used a lot of that just for our own benefit, our own growth, our own uh, purposes. And Lord, those times that you, you spoke to our heart and our mind and you said, do this, serve that, say this, give this, and we've held back because, well, it might hurt. It might hurt our reputation. It might hurt our bank account. It might hurt my position. It might, I might lose a friend. I might, Lord, we repent of those things. You gave us so much. And those are moments we should have given it back. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us for those moments. Lord, we ask you this morning to reveal to us by your Holy Spirit the things that you've deposited in us. Things like a voice, things like love, things like our health or our, our intellect or our understanding of you and gifts and talents and resources that you've given us and empowered us with. Lord, help us to see these things in our lives, not so be focused on our deficit, but Lord, on our plus. And Lord, as we begin to discover and develop the things that you've given us, so we understand them and utilize them and mature in them, Lord, this morning we commit to putting these things to work for your purposes. Lord, give us the strength, give us courage, give us the opportunity, Lord, to just step out and say, hey, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we believe that as we incorporate these things in our life, as we allow you to flow out of us and not just in us, Lord, that we will become fulfilled and we will share in our Master's happiness and joy. And we will see your kingdom grow on this earth. Your reign and rule in the lives of people would, would be on the increase and not the decrease. We love you so much. We thank you for the work you've done in our lives.